Being the granddaughter of a Presbyterian pastor has influenced me throughout my life to ask difficult questions about faith and grapple with the idea that there is something stronger, more powerful, and everlasting beyond physical human existence. The element that has thinned the space between the physical world and heaven, for me, has been prayer. The chance to open up to God, connect to God, and request God is a precious gift. Believers often suppose that prayer has to be a lengthy, pre-planned, pre-rehearsed confession. And while it can be at times, it doesn't always have to be so complicated. From a young age, my grandmother and wife of Presbyterian Reverend Errol Rohr taught me to pray simply, asking God to help me, help me, help me. And once I saw Christ at work, pray the words, thank you, thank you, thank you. As a child, I loved that there was a prayer I could say that didn't take up too much time. But as I have gotten older and explored faith, I am more understanding that these short phrases carry significance. Prayer can be simple and effective. As Christians, it is easy to procrastinate praying until we are in church on Sundays, in small groups on Thursdays, or when we sit down at dinner with our families nightly. Prayer can oftentimes be seen as a last-ditch effort when we get bogged down with the stresses of life. We frantically turn to God the night before a test, the day before an interview, or the moment we step outside our comfort zone, but regularly forget to turn to God in the blissful times. However, prayer should be a balance of asking and thanking. When we find ourselves desperate for help from God, we forget that he already knows why we are coming to him. He was going to guide us according to his plan, but coming to him with words and sacrifice reaffirms our dedication to being a Christian. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8 state, And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. It is encouraged that prayer should never be a private act, but meditating with Christ alone or in a congregation can be more sincere. Boasting and screaming in front of a crowd is not what prayer is about. It is about connecting to God in all moments and weakening the barrier between heaven and earth. Something I have struggled with in my faith journey and life in general is waiting. I find myself waiting for moments to happen, saying, I'll be happy when it's warm outside. I'll be happy when I become a senior in high school. I'll be happy when I get into college. I'll be happy when this worldwide pandemic ends and I can go back to normalcy. I'll be happy when God finally answers my prayers. But this keeps me in limbo of never enjoying what I have directly in front of me. The problem with all of this is that happiness is too small of a goal, and it is hard to be fully satisfied when we are satisfied so minimally in life. In Randy Alcorn's work, Safely Home, he says, Why choose to play in the mud on a cold rainy day when there are open green meadows in the sun, clear flowing streams, majestic mountains, and endless beaches and blue skies that stretch to the stars? In other words, why are we waiting for better things to come to us? If God has a plan for each and every one of us, why are we not confidently following his graceful and merciful path? Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 11 through 12 reassure us by saying, For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. 
plans for your welfare and not for your harm, to give you a future with hope. Then, when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. These words aren't supposed to discourage us from going to God and asking for things to happen, but rather for a better understanding that everything happens for a reason because it is all a part of God's plan. God wants to know our requests for the future, but he also wants reassurance that we are hopeful in him and what he has in store for us. It is hard to understand God's plan sometimes, and it is easy to believe praying doesn't work. Why do bad things happen to good people? How can events like 9-11, Sandy Hook, or even the recent worldwide outbreak of COVID-19 truly be a part of God's plan? Doesn't God want what's best for us? God truly has a plan, and trusting in him is paramount. Listen to the word of the Lord in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. When I shut up the heavens so there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send epidemic among my people, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Right here, written in the Bible, it tells humankind the nasty things that are naturally going to happen. The rain was held back during the Australian wildfires, Africa suffered the locust plague, and currently the world is facing an epidemic. God told us this was all coming, but he also tells us through praying and seeking him, we will be healed. It is easy to lose faith during these times, but turning to God through prayer can oftentimes alleviate some burden we carry. It is okay to be mad at God. It is acceptable to scream and yell and cry. There have been many times when I slam the door to my room and just scream, why did this have to happen? And sometimes we don't understand why God is putting us through this. Sometimes it doesn't seem like God wants what's best for us. For example, when the disciples were on the sea and the wind was against them, they did not feel like this was what was best for them. They felt afraid and cried out. All the while, Jesus was aware of their plight, but eventually went into the thick of their trouble to the rescue. Prayer is a staple in Christian life. In fact, a study published by the U.S. National Library of Medicine suggests that prayer is directly associated with a greater sense of life satisfaction over time. I'm not going to lie. I have been attending church and worshiping God for 18 years of my life now, and prayer is still intimidating to me. What are you supposed to say to someone who holds so much power? When I hesitate and don't know what to say, I turn to my grandmother's prayer she taught me and simply pray, help me, help me, help me, because he knows what I'm praying for, even if I don't. I suggest, however, that if you're at a loss for words, pray the, pray the prayer he taught us to pray, the Lord's Prayer. This prayer is a powerful tool and not only connects us with God directly through his word, but also reassures him that we are pious followers. God will hear you and know you are seeking him and his refuge. When something bad happens, our natural human instinct is to look for someone to blame, and oftentimes God gets blamed. However, when something good happens, we selfishly award ourselves without even thinking about God. This isn't fair. This isn't how faith works. Just like life, faith is a give and take. We should be praying for support and help, but we should also be praying with gratitude and thanksgiving. So I encourage you to pray with thanksgiving and not just wishes. 
because prayer is about balance. Will you pray with me? Dear God, help us to seek you and come to you in times of anguish and also times of blessing. Help us to understand your path and give us the confidence to have faith in you. Help us to be happy, to be healthy, and to be strong in the face of challenge. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen.